through the relive of my life, I started to realize that all the things that happened, yeah, they could have been different. They could have been better, but there was no regrets. There was no regrets. There was no shit. I should have done this. You know, why did this happen to me? Why did I break, you know, so-and-so, uh, you know, my bones there? Why did I get into this accident? You know, uh, and all that, nothing like that. It was a space of complete understanding, complete awareness, uh, complete resetting. It, it is a life relived. Welcome to Masajati's podcast, Exponential Intelligence, where you can transform simply by listening. Experience the power of frequencies and the next step in consciousness evolution. Hello, this is Masajati. Welcome to my podcast, Exponential Intelligence. And today I'll be sharing with you my first near-death experience. Uh, how it affects your life and what we can learn from it to change consciousness. And, you know, before I jump into it, um, just jump into the near-death experience, we really have to, say, pre-frame and understand why somebody would get into a near-death experience. Uh, from the two that I've had uh, and then from the decade of experience that uh, I've learned uh, from the near-death experiences and helping you know hundreds of thousands of people uh, throughout the world, uh, the circumstances leading to the NDE is almost as important as the NDE itself. Right? Uh, and I think it'll break uh, the, sci the scientists who study NDEs. I think that would be a, a big breakthrough because we're always studying, okay, what are the circumstances within the NDE? But it's really about you preparing yourself for the NDE. And when, when something happens that, say, cataclysmic in your life that you're into an NDE experience, whether it's uh, a horrific one or say, a joyous one, because most people, when they think of NDEs, uh, they think of tragedy and so on like that, but you can have an NDE both ways. Right? Most, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, uh, is a tragic one. So, uh, as we, as we, uh, for me, for example, uh, I'll just share my story, um, is that, you know, ever since I was a young child, I mean, like seven, seven years old, you know, I'm always looking, I was always observing people. I was always understanding or trying to understand like what makes them tick. Okay? Uh, and it really allowed me to focus. So I was a little withdrawn, you know, that maybe that wallflower uh, as a young kid uh, that just observed. And to me, uh, you know, that was, well, uncomfortable, you know, because we want to be in the group, we want to be uh, that, you know, that popular kid. But uh, for me, I was always drawn to be on the back end or in the background, just helping, just observing, just observing the whole space, just observing how people interact. And not just physically, you know, like words and emotions and so on, like, but, but the deeper layers. And even as a, you know, seven to, to you know, 12-year-old kid, uh, looking at that depth, looking at it now, looking at myself, it's like, damn, uh, that was pretty intelligent. Uh, I say that because a lot of young kids, you know, who are like that, their parents think that there's something wrong with them. Their parents think that they can't connect with that, uh, with, uh, with society. What the hell is wrong with them? There's nothing wrong with them. They're just brilliant kids uh, that can observe this reality from a very, very different perspective without a need for an NDE. But uh, again, unfortunately, society molds those kids into you know, what they want. So, um, 
So that, that's a side note. But uh, as a child growing up uh, in my early teens, uh, I was studying religions. Uh, I was studying spirituality. I, I was studying, uh, you know, focusing in on, you know, what makes society tick because I wanted to be happy. Well, uh, so in a nutshell, before my NDE happened, I wanted that one equation, like Einstein says, you know, that one equation that, that describes life. Uh, and literally, it is an equation from my understanding of it at a very different level. That one equation that describes life. So I, I pursued religion, but you know, religion left a lot of questions unanswered. Uh, and I looked at people who were really religious, and they had all the same problems as everybody else did. So I'm going, well, what the hell is the difference, right? Uh, and then I decided, you know, you get into your early 20s, uh, uh, you know, you know teen, late teens, early 20s, and I decided, well, I'm going to be successful. So I studied all, you know, the great successful individuals, the brilliant people, uh, the political leaders, um, uh, all of them. But again, uh, I, I fell short. It's like they have a lot of, say, personal issues, no matter who they are. Look at it, you know, you look at the Kennedys, you look at... Uh, uh, any great leader, um, either in the past or in now, or yeah, in the past or even now, you'll see that you know they have a lot of personal issues. So, so I'm going. I was like, well, if life is supposed to be complete, if you're going to be living your full potential, you'd be at full or max potential at all at all levels, right? You you'd have all cylinders say firing. Uh, but that wasn't the case. Whether it was religious leaders, whether it was political leaders, whether it was uh, you know movement leaders, thought leaders, or what, whether it was um, uh, successful individuals, right? So that didn't it, it didn't really work out. Again, a, a, a ton of answers uh, or a ton of questions left in, left unanswered. And then I had that fortunate uh, opportunity to have an NDE. Now, I talk about it as a fortunate opportunity because most people who would uh, see an NDE or experience an NDE, uh, they run into tragedy or you know, they, they climb up. Even you uh, listening, perhaps, you go, oh my God, a, a near-death experience. But again, it's the, one of the most euphoric experiences I've ever had because how close can you get to understanding your higher self or a Godhead or however you want to experience that reality and then come back to tell about it, right? And that's the key. Uh, so pre-framing, I was searching for that one answer to be my best possible self or to be my limitless self. Well, I got the answer. And this was in a warehouse job. I was about uh, 22, 23 years old, uh, really despondent uh, about life. You know, I was in college and, you know, I was going towards a direction that wasn't me. It, it just wasn't me. So, uh, and I was just searching. It's like, please, please just show me, you know, what, what it's about. And it showed me uh, in a, the most, say, profound way ever. Uh, it was a warehouse job, and I used to unload rail cars and, uh, you know, freight uh, for Target. And uh, inside, it, it, within these rail cars, so you imagine a rail car, and inside they have these huge moving walls that keep the product in place. Uh, and uh, they're on beams, they're on slides, and they slide back and forth, but this, this, this one particular wall was stuck. 
uh, and me being athletic, I just you know climbed up to the top and started pulling and pulling and pulling while my team members were pulling from the bottom. And these walls weigh about maybe seven, 800 pounds, maybe a bit more. Uh, and so once it's, once it let go, it just slid across those rails. And what stopped it was uh, a ceiling member, uh, the wall, and then my face uh, in between. So I had my jaws crushed. Uh, and so I was hanging by my jaws, not by my neck, but just literally by my jaws. And I was stuck. I was trapped. Uh, and then that's all I knew. The next, the next phase of that is, well, I looked around and I saw a sense of bliss. You know, it was a sense of bliss. Uh, it was a sense of completeness. It was warmth, uh, a lot of love you know, surrounding or starting to surround me. And I'm going, wow, this feels really cool. I was out of my body. At the time, I didn't know it, but I was, I was getting to be more and more expansive, more and more euphoric, more and more powerful, kind of like a genie, you know, coming out of its, um, you know, bottle. It, it, it felt like that. It's like, whoa, I was like stretching out. It's like, wow, this feels amazing. And then I turn around and I'm looking around and I'm starting to expand through the rail car. Uh, just like in the movies, you know how the pe pe people walk through walls and everything. I was just starting to expand through the rail car. I'm going, wow, this is really cool. And I looked and I go, whoa, what's that? And that's when it hit me. Uh, that object that was there was me. It was my physical form. And I could see it. And even now, it kind of brings tears to me. Um, but, you know, when I looked at that, I looked at it as like, oh, you poor thing. And again, to me, you know, I had a fantastic life, nothing to complain about or anything like that. But the key was I was seeing how limited, not only me, but how limited humanity is or lives compared to what you are. Again, imagine yourself as a genie, right? You could create anything that you needed to, like Aladdin, right? The genie in Aladdin. You could create anything, all the possibilities that are available to you, but then you run this paradigm, and that's what I was seeing. It's like I was seeing this paradigm of being limited, being distorted into, I don't know, you know, work, going to college, working, uh, raising kids. And, and those things are all fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But how and why people do that, it's like, oh, my God, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like an abuse pattern to me. Um, that we'll talk about some other time. Uh, back to my story. So when I saw the, my limited self, I saw my expansive, the possibilities, I'm going, why is there two of me? Why am I here if I'm supposed to be over there? Because at the time, you just think you are you, but you're not you, right? That thing that was hanging uh, is just a rendition of who you think you are. The real you is here. Most people think that the thing hanging is the real you. Their life is the real them. Their problems is them. It's not. Very, very different. So as soon as I realized that, I'm going, wow, I'm dead. And at the time, it's like, even at that time, I'm going, shit, I should be really nervous. It's like, what do I do now? But you don't have time for that because you're out of time. Right? Not out of time, like you're out of time and time is ending like a buzzer time ending. It's, it's, about, it's about there is no time. You expand it into your timeless being. 
you completely, I completely expanded from an awareness of being in physical form or physical manifestation, as you would call it, and then come into, say, that grander version of who you are, that limitless self. And once I realized that, it was okay to float away even further away from my physical form. And I transcended through the rail car and I came into a tunnel of light. Now most people, uh, and I'll explain the details or the takeaways from it, but I just wanna you know, go through the experience so you have a full effect and then what we can learn from it. But as I went through the tunnel of light, and there is a tunnel of light, and some scientists say, well, it's your optic nerve, you know, charging, you know, or, or um, you know, disconnecting and all that. It, it's not, uh, it's not anything visual. It's actually a presence that you feel, right? So it's something around you, not like within your visual, say, cortex or visual field. Uh, very, very different. Uh, and it was very familiar to me. And I think most NDEers would go, yeah, that was really familiar because it's like your way home. Literally, it's your way home, that doorway home. Uh, in the beginning, you know, the, the first many people would experience, you know, their loved ones coming through or their dogs coming through or whatever it might be, right? Somebody welcoming them into it. But I went beyond that phase. There's about 13 layers of, say, that tunnel of light, okay? Uh, and, and that tunnel of light is for a purpose of recalibrating you to be, uh, again, your limitless self of who you are. Uh, and I'll explain that later. But I stepped or I jumped into the fourth layer. Okay? So that fourth layer that, that people go through in that tunnel of light. And, and by the way, the difference between me and pretty much uh, a lot of people is I was completely conscious of what was happening. Okay? Uh, I was completely aware from a time-bound being going through the process. And that's the key. So, and that's why it's more accurate and more vivid how I'm describing it than say most stories. So I go to the fourth, uh, so I go to the fourth layer and that uh, I see, uh, I jump into my life. And, and there's not people around. There's not like a saint, uh, you know, across sitting from the desk going, hey, you know, let's check out how you did here. Let's check out the scorecard. You know, let's see, you know, your good deeds compared to your bad deeds. And it's like, oh, this is good. You know, this is good and this is good. But then, you know, this is bad. I don't know what the hell happened here, you know, but we're going to mark some stuff off here. And then, you, you know, you get a score. It's got nothing to do with that. You know, you're all good. And it's not, and it's not, a life review, and, and I think that's where people get it messed up. It's not a life review. It's a, it's a, it's a re life relive. You get to live that life. At least that's the way I, I got it. I got to relive my life from, well, the moment of consciousness or the single, that spark of life. So this is when you're conceived. That's how far back I went. Not like, oh, two, three years old, you know, then, then, conscious memory comes in. No, because your, your spirit or your higher self, your pure presence, as I call it, actually knows it has record. It has details of all aspects of you, even, again, your first moment of coming into, say, time. Uh, and that's what I experienced. I, I, I experienced being conceived and then going through the process of growth, you know, in the nine months, and then birth, and then all the way up to the point of death, 
it was very different because I experienced or I relived my life. And by the way, all aspects, you, you live, you relive your life. For me, 22 years of life right? in maybe a few seconds, maybe 15 seconds at the most. I don't know how long I was hanging uh, by my jaws, but uh, how can you, and that's what threw me off at the time as well, is like, well, how could I live 22 some years uh, in a flash of a second? That's what was going through my mind as I was reliving life. It's like, how can this be? Well, because you're out of time. You're not, you're not in time. Time is just a conception that we have. And then through the relive of my life, I started to realize that all the things that happened, yeah, they could have been different. They could have been better, but there was no regrets. There was no regrets. There was no, shit, I should have done this. You know, why did this happen to me? Why did I break, you know, so-and-so, uh, you know, my bones there? Why did I get into this accident, you know, uh, and all that? Nothing like that. It was a space of complete understanding, complete awareness, uh, complete resetting. It, it is a life relived. So imagine, if you will, you know, you're in kindergarten and you're living life, right? You're going through life. We don't understand it. But now it's like you get to relive life and not compare life, but you get to relive life from a graduate point of view, right? An awakened being reliving the experiences of, you know, coming into this reality, you know, going through, you know, high school, college, all those things that a, a, young, a young guy goes through, uh, again, at that level. So it's very, I don't know, very intense and very expansive and very euphoric at the same time. The amount of love at that level as you say, embrace yourself with no regrets. Uh, imagine yourself. You, you just close your eyes now. Just imagine it. Just imagine you, your grander being, and the amount of love that you would have for yourself if there was no regrets, it, one iota of, of I should have done this. It was just complete, say, integrity and complete confidence in yourself. The byproduct of that is like true love not only for yourself, but for, you know, the entire the consciousness or the entire human race or anything involved with the human race. And it was so grand. It was so fantastic. It was like a celebration for me. I didn't want to come back. And, you know, I'm looking around. It's like, well, where am I? What do I do? Uh, and I became more conscious of my surroundings. And then it's like, how can I stay here? You don't want to go back. And this voice, this voice came to me. It's like, well, you know, you can stay here or you can go back. So people think that they have a choice, but they really don't. You know, literally, it's like, well, you can stay here or you can go back as they push you back into, say, physical consciousness. So it's not really a choice, although you, they make it think that it's a choice because they're already pushing you back in and, and that's where I snap into my body. Uh, I, I feel the pain uh, of my neck and my jaw that's been cracked. Uh, and at, by the time, I don't know how long I was dangling there, but according to my teammates, uh, quite a long time actually, uh, before they could figure out to you know, push open the wall. So, and then as they did, literally just fell to the floor, fell to the floor, crumpled up. And then the next thing I know, uh, I woke up 
in the hospital with my jaws wired shut. But those three, four months that my jaws were wired shut, it was the most amazing three, four months, or one of the most amazing three, four months uh, that I've ever experienced before then. And you would think it'd be the worst because you know you can't eat, you can't do a lot of things, but everything tasted so brilliant because I was still experiencing it from a higher version of myself. Um, you know, the juices that I ate, and I ate a lot of juices, that's all I could, was so tasty. It, it, it's like flavors that I've never experienced before. The colors that I saw in flowers or even around and in people, I'm going, wow, you know, I, I've never seen that beauty in you. So I was starting to see people's potential, the way I experienced it, compared to where they were. And, and that was the beginning of my abilities, by the way, where I could see people's potential, you know, their ultimate complete self, uh, and then, well, their poor self, their wealth, their wealthy self, their poor, poor self. And not by, uh, and I'm not talking about physical wealth, although that's part of your wealth status, but again, your complete version of who you are, right? Complete with all the bells and whistles, nothing held back, okay? No sacrifices, nothing. Your complete, shiny, bright self, right? Uh, I emphasize that because most individuals who think of grandness or think of, uh, say, a spiritual experience, they shun away from wealth. Uh, but in the true consciousness of, say, grandness, right? If you were your pure presence or your completely awakened being, just think of it. Would you be shortchanged in any way? You wouldn't because you're complete. How could you? Right? You're complete. You're a complete being. The 1% of who we think we are, or the minimalist things that we think we are, again, all the limitations, because that's how people describe themselves, right? If you ask anybody, uh, they've defined themselves as their limitations, no, no matter how successful. And I work with a ton of successful individuals, and you know, these are the takeaways on how it affects your life, is that if you could flip that around and describe yourself not from the limitations of who you are, but then the possibilities of who you are, what would that be like? What would be that be like? Just, just, just stop and think right now. Uh, just close your eyes, take a deep breath in. I'll even help you for a second. Just help you generate those frequencies of possibilities for you. And I'm not saying being in the clouds, but as you take a deep breath in, and just notice how you describe yourself. Most likely you describe yourself from the last limitation that you experienced that you couldn't get over, right? And that's what you focus on. And then if you go back a little further, well, the next step or the last step before this one was the previous limitations and then the previous and the previous and the previous. And you go far enough that, well, you start getting into your parents' limitations and then their parents' limitations. So you are an after effect of all the limitations that have happened in your family and society. So if you're wondering why your life is limited, even if you have massive success and you're still wondering, why do I feel shortchanged? 
why don't I feel the completeness and expansiveness of this reality, which I should. I have all the fucking money in the world, right? Or I have all the health in the world, or I have, or I don't have any of that, right? I got rid of all that stuff because most spiritual people that got that that couldn't find that say expansiveness in wealth and success and everything else they pack that shit away they give it away and they go move away into a trailer park or they become part of a convent uh, and they're still fucked up so what's the difference the difference is the consciousness that we exist in if you're in this reality you're always going to see yourself through limitations because that's what this reality or that's what this consciousness is about limitations that's why you have to reference yourself as limitations right there's no other way this reality dictates that you reference yourself as from a limited point of view that's all you can do that's all because that's how time and space is created here so as we take a deep breath in just notice say for example how that just that knowledge of you understanding that you define yourself as limitations, how does that make you feel just turning it around and seeing it's like, this is my limitation, but then these are the possibilities available to me. Even that little bit, that little, uh, what I call a meta-healing, right? that switched you for most of you, just flipping it around. And it's not just like hearing it, but it's the frequency that you hear that from. So as we end, uh, the takeaway for you is that we are living 1% of who we are. Imagine your smartphone uh, at a 1% battery level. Your whole life is at a 1%, say, power level. We've got 99% somewhere in there that magic genie is in there how do you release that i learned to release it uh, and that's i help a ton of people releasing their internal grand version of who they are thanks for joining the episode you just listened to is encoded with frequencies of high consciousness it's normal if you begin to feel differently or confused. It's the process of change. For best results, observe and practice spatial referencing. Ask yourself, what if I could choose things differently? To learn more, subscribe to the Exponential Intelligence Podcast, sign up for the newsletter for exclusive information and offers, or join Maz on social media through the links in the show notes below.